the Troy Kearns podcast where we talk about all things real estate, business, entrepreneurship, and yes, we go down the rabbit hole. I am here with my good friend, Jason Wheeler. He used to be an agent for me, and then he went and he traded out for another good friend of mine, Ryan Pineda. At that point in time, Ryan and I weren't, weren't friends as much, and Jason and I definitely weren't friends after he left me for someone else. He's a super good guy. He's an expert fisherman. He's a real estate agent for a long period of time, and recently he has become a cryptocurrency expert. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Troy. So, um, you know, you started texting me and you're like, dude, I think you should have me come on and, you know, because you know I hate crypto. And so you you said, I see that you hate crypto. I want to have you come on and talk about that. We're going to talk about that. So if you guys are interested in cryptocurrency, I'm not a big fan. Jason is an expert. We're going to get into that. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are, um, what your family is where you grew up, how long you've been in Las Vegas. Let's just get into who you are. Wow, that's a lot. Right. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, you know it, but I'm Jason Wheeler. I'm 49 years old. I've been living in Las Vegas for about, I think, 18 years now. Um, I'm a licensed real estate agent. I'm how old are you? 49, dude. Man, you're getting old. I know, I know, I know. That beard is crazy. No, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I should shave it. But... um. But yeah, so I've, I've been licensed as a real estate agent since 2001, starting in California. I actually started in 1997 in, in mortgage and uh, been flipping houses for a couple of years. Okay. Um, and started to get into cryptocurrency in about 2017, but I'll circle back around on that. Um, my folks actually moved out to Vegas a couple of years ago, so they're out here now. Okay. Um, I, I have considered relocating, considering some other spots, but you know, maybe keeping a base here. Um, just trying to kind of keep my options open. So I'm not really totally so sure. So you've been that. selling real estate in 18 years in Las Vegas. Um, when we met, it was actually kind of funny because I don't know, even know, like I probably sent out one of those emails or something. Uh, yeah, I think I might've gotten your emails. Okay. And then you like contacted me and I, and I think I told you like, read this book and get back to me or something. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, you, I think you did send me emails, but I knew who you were. Cause I was seeing your name come up on a lot of listings when you were doing REO. So I knew you were like one of the guys that I wanted to talk to. So you were shopping for a new agency yep. and you, we hung out for what, two, you were there for two or three years. Uh, yeah, I think three years. So three years. So Jason and I worked together when he turned it on, he turned it on. And when he turned it off, he turned it off. That's what, what I would say about you. Like when you wanted to go, it was go. And you wanted to not go, it was not go. Yeah. But I, you, you, he's a super capable guy. Uh, he sold a lot of properties when he was with me. I probably would guess more than anywhere else. It's probably true. It's probably true. <laughs> so, um, so and then when we parted, there was a little bit of a a little bit of an issue on your end with me. Um, I, I don't think so. Okay, can we talk about it? Sure, if you want. Uh, okay, so I think it's let's get into some juicy <laughs> stuff first. Okay, so because I think this is an important deal. If you're out there and you're investing in real estate deals, and you want to talk about walking away from your earnest money, this is a good situation yeah. to talk about. So Jason brought me a deal, a really actually a really attractive deal. So he had been on there. He saw me flipping houses. He's trying to make some moves. And so he's scraping Craigslist and he finds this freaking cul-de-sac seminal circle where five of six houses are owned by one dude. One of them was a Johnny Carson house. One of them was somebody else's house. You might know. I don't remember. I just remember the Johnny Carson. So one of them was Johnny Carson's old house. I think one of them was actually a famous boxer's old house. Okay. Um, and, you know, the cul-de-sac was right off Desert Inn. Which, if you're not in Las Vegas, Desert Inn is a major thoroughfare. It's one of the only uh, thoroughfares that does not have to pay attention to the I-15. So it's like almost a quasi-freeway. So, you know, we looked at the numbers. Jason put me in the deal. I think we pinned it down for, what, 1.1 or 1 million? Gosh, I don't even remember, but I think you got in lower than that. Right. So it might have been a little bit lower than that. Obviously, today, that would have been a good buy. But yeah, right. But so um, that was what, 2016 or 17? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2017. So 
Anyways, Jason brings me this deal, and I'm looking at everything, and I'm really evaluating. We got three houses that are under two thousand square feet, and we have two houses that are monsters. I think you came in at nine hundred thousand and got it in contract. Okay, so we had it under contract for nine hundred thousand. I don't remember exactly. Obviously, I didn't close on it, so I don't remember a hundred percent. Um, so Jason, um, he had, I don't even remember what your fee was, but you were wholesaling the deal or you were, or I was going to pay you somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, anyways, we were going to work that out. We were going to work that out. Um, I got cold feet or I would say I got my instinct that said, walk away from this deal. Yeah, yeah. So I looked at it. I had just been nailed by the city of Las Vegas for doing something without a permit. Um, a big lesson there. Right. And so was like I'm not running into that again and I knew that this was on that that property was exposed to all the elements meaning that like they had so many homeless people living in those places it was crazy remember when we walked through it that one night in the dark it was all nobody there but oh, us yeah. with the flashlight I love doing that we crap. hopped the fence and everything oh, what did we do let's let's go through that <laughs> we hopped the fence and we walked through all was of it them. just me and you uh yeah I think it was just us okay yeah, just we just went down yeah. there. I loved it. Yeah, it was stuff. crazy. Yeah. Well, because you when you get a property in contract, you want to start scaring everybody off. You know what was funny about that was like normally if I did something like that, especially at night in Vegas, I would have been a little bit spooked. But I was with you, so I was like, I'm with Troy. He's crazy. Like no one's <laughs> gonna be crazier than him. Well, yeah, I mean, I get that a little bit. Yeah, I just like that adventure in stuff. a good way, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. No, I'm, I don't mind the crazy part. Um, so, you know, anyways. We're going through the deal. I, I start going through the numbers and I'm just like, man, there's nobody like, cause we're t everything is price per square foot, price per square foot. And I'm looking at the three deals. I'm like, I'm definitely going to make money on these three deals, but these two are going to sink me. Mm -hmm. These two are going to turn this whole deal into bad. I'm like, nobody's paying $800,000 based on these price per square foot mm -hmm. to live in this house. And I looked and I'm like, the most somebody's ever paid was $450,000 on that street mm -hmm. ever. In that area, and I passed on the deal, and I ended up. I had put twenty thousand dollars down in earnest money. I think it was ten. No, I we, lost we, ten. I think, it, or I lost five. Yeah, I don't remember. But it was, but, it but was, we we tried to renegotiate, which was totally fine. We always try to renegotiate. Yeah, yeah. Standard operating <laughs> yeah, procedure. That was fine. Yeah, we tried to renegotiate. We tried to knock them down. I think a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, or something like that. They ended up saying no. I ended up backing out, losing half of my earnest money. Jason got salty and said, I'm out of here, right? Is that what happened? I don't know if it was just that. Well, probably that on top of a couple other things. Yeah, yeah. So Jason, but you don't listen. You know, yet. I was ready for a move. Just like by the time I came to your brokerage, I was ready for a move. Like the place where I was at before, it was definitely extremely stale. You know, I was talking to that broker a bunch and I kept saying that I was going to move and I was going to move and I was going to move. And finally that broker was like, you never Jason, even told me. Yeah. He was like, you probably need to move, dude. It's probably time. You keep telling me you want to move. You got to move. So I was like, okay. And that's when I found you. So, but by the time, you know, I left the Troy Kearns group, you know, it was a good move for me. For sure. But coming to the Troy Kearns group was definitely a really good move for me, for sure. Good. Um, you know, I learned a lot from you and, uh, you know, a lot of it was just perspective change too. Sometimes it's all you need. Yeah. I could give you a little segue, a little story real quick, but sure, one do of the, it. so, um, you know, shortly after I had started at your brokerage, uh, I met a gentleman at the DMV who ended up being a listing. I don't know if you remember that guy, Gilbert. Yeah, I yeah. do remember so Gilbert. He, oh, that was a fun one. Yeah. That guy was kind the of, crackhead? A, I, I don't know if I'd call him that, but he, he had, you know, he had some, uh, he had some, some issues going on, you know? I, I, I'm I'm pretty nice. <laughs> he had some issues going on. I, I he was definitely on something that got you moving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he had some he had some issues, but um, you know what was funny about that one was uh, I met him at the DMV. I kind of you know prospected him. I gave him my card and stuff, and then he hit me up like three weeks later and was like, "Hey, do you know anybody that can help me out with a mortgage loan?" Blah blah blah. He had all these issues, so I went over to you and I was like, "Hey, do we know anybody?" who can, uh, you know, handle this mortgage loan for this guy. And you're like, dude, you need to go list his house and sell his house. And I'm like, well, that's not really exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to do this. And you're like, no, you need to list his house and sell his house. That guy doesn't really have these options. And that was kind of like a, a shift and a switch for me where I was like, yeah. So anyway, I ended up selling that house and I sold it to my dad. My dad, I don't know if you remember. But I do my, remember. Yeah, yeah my dad 1031. Some, yeah, yeah. And he, they ended up moving into that property like two years ago. Oh, wow. Fully, so they live in it right now? But they fully renovated it. It's gorgeous. They did it to the nines. Yeah, That's awesome. It's, it's really nice. But that was just an interesting story because that was a shift for me. Just the way you were thinking. Just the way I was thinking. You know what I mean? I mean, right. this guy came to me and, you know, I mean, he wasn't going to get a mortgage loan. No, and that's what he needed to do. He needed a downside as he was living in that property. 
that he had you know gotten a divorce from his from his ex-wife and was there with his dad who was sick in there and it was too much house for him and it was just time he needed to downsize and we ended up getting it done and sold him another property that was so. a, it was a pretty uh, bumpy ride on that one if i remember yeah, correctly yeah, yeah. i think it almost he almost went haywire a few times didn't he say he was going to like show up at our office a few times yeah yeah something like that do you remember we actually put that property in contract for like, I want to say at the time it was comping for like around three twenty three thirty, right, but did. it was in pretty rough condition. We put it in for two seventy. I think we put it in con. No, my parents, my dad bought that house for two seventy two. That's what I remember. But we put it in contract. I want to say for like two ninety or three hundred or something. And it was this couple that absolutely loved the house, and then he, you know, started having his chemical issues or whatever. And I don't know if you remember, but he decided he wanted to back out of that transaction. I do. We went temporarily off the market. And then he came crawling back like three weeks later. He's like, oh, I really need to sell this. Right. And then we ended up getting that deal at 272. And, you know, it was a good buy. So. so then you moved over to Ryan Pineda's office. And I think that was a good move for you. You kind of bought into it. And you've had some really like, so you're from California. You've been living in Las Vegas for the last 18 years. You've been selling Vegas, real estate in Vegas for the last 18 years. And you've been going through a lot of changes in the last Let's call it five or six, seven years. Are you married now? No, I'm not married. Okay, nope. but you have. Uh, a, I'm with. I'm with the same one that I met, like Mary, right before. Yeah, you met right Mary. For, yeah, right before I left your brokerage. So right. we're still together. You're still together with her. And we have you a just, kid. We have a kid, a dog. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is brand new. This is this is brand new. I didn't even know. When did this happen? Yeah, I had to hit you with that one. So, um. So you're with Mary and you also just told me the other day that you um, became a full-blown what? I don't know what you're talking about. You gave your life to... Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus. Okay, that's what you said. You yeah. said you gave your... And I would say that's probably Ryan's influence, right? You know, I actually um, came to the Lord like around uh, 2013, but I think at the time I didn't necessarily have as much of an understanding as, as I had by... I recently like really started to devour the word, the Bible, because, you know, if you don't, if, if you only go by like what you hear out there, which is all these different things from people who are mostly disgruntled and different like sects and cults of whatever, I mean, people are turned off by a lot of religion. And so, you know, for me, it was really about really diving into the word. I have like the audio Bible where I listen a lot. And I mean, I really enjoy, I really enjoy listening to it and learning. Great. So that's been a big change for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, being around Ryan and being around his brokerage and a lot of other Christians definitely like kind of reignited that for me. I wanted to make some changes in my life. And um, so, I mean, he, he definitely. Can we talk about some of those changes? Yeah, he definitely played a, a can, we, can we talk about some of those changes? Sure, sure. So you have mentioned before that you like to smoke the hibs and the dibs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you still doing that? No, no. So, um, you know, how long has that been? You know, I don't even really know the time because I don't really keep track. But, but it's been a long but, time. You so, were smoking yeah. for years, though, right? So, you know, I actually started smoking weed in like 1997, right? And and by by right around the time that I started smoking weed, I was just graduating from college. So, I mean, I made it through high school and college and never touched the. That's crazy. Yeah, I did a lot of that in high school. Right, and I mean, I saw it in high school, but I just didn't do it. And so, I mean, I got to a pretty high level with my weed smoking. What's a high level? I mean, <laughs> let's talk about know, it. Like, I, people want to know. There's other people out there. You've been successful. You know, you've had quite a bit of success and you haven't really pushed your full limit. And I think if you, that's what we've always talked about. I think if you push your full limit, you're going to freaking run the tires off of anything because when you lean into something, but a lot of people have the same struggles that you were going yeah. through. So let's talk about what your your intake got up to. Well, you know, just while I'm thinking about it, I was just saying the other day I was talking with Mary because we were actually watching a church service where it was talking about the rebuilding. Right. Like when Jerusalem was was knocked down and, and the people were led out of, into Egypt. And then when they eventually they came back, they realized their city was was trashed and then they had to rebuild. And the sermon that guy was talking about rebuilding. And by the time it was over, I told Mary, I said, you know, I said, things have been really rough for like the last, you know, ever since this COVID crap started. Right. And I said, but I feel really good about the fact that I already started rebuilding like quite a while ago. And I said, things are going really good. Like new deals are popping up and new people are popping up. And like, you know, things aren't perfect. I'm far from perfect. You know, I, I like 
if people knew all the things I've done and all the things I've said, I would be super ashamed and embarrassed. So well, they're going to know after the end of this <laughs> podcast, man. We're going to get it all out of you. So, but, um, but no, like, so as far as weed, I mean, put some zappers on his nipples until he know, tells the truth. You know, I, I think that as far as a high level, you know, the amount that a person consumes, um, is were you smoking in the morning? I, I mean, you know, yes, but not like immediately. <laughs> But I mean, after your coffee, so I'm 49. I started doing that in 20 in 97. So I was 25. So, I mean, it's been like 25 years. Were you a daily smoker? Oh, of course. Okay. So you're a daily smoker. Were you going through like an eighth a week? I would say, you know, an eighth a day. I would say, no, I would say, um, usually, you know, and it, and and it, and it varied over the years. You know what I mean? Right. Sometimes you're doing a lot. Sometimes you're doing a little. And I quit. Many, many times. And I always kind of went back to it, you know, and, um, but I would say by the time that I just recently quit, I was probably smoking maybe a quarter of an ounce a week. Like every, every week I would be going back to the dispensary. Like I would go, I would go weekly, like on the Tuesday locals day, whatever. And like, well, that's good to know that you're a budget conscious weed smoker. Oh, for sure. You know, I'm, you know, I'm thrifty just like you, you know, I'm like that. Yeah. So, but, but you know, it was like, uh, and it's kind of weird. I didn't know we were going to talk about any of this, but, um, and I don't mind at all Yeah. because, because actually we were, Mary and I just went to the, um, to Mesa park on Saturday. And when we got to the park, we pulled in and there was a guy training a Malamute and the dog's awesome and doesn't care about our dog, but our dog's pretty high strung. And then there was a, a puppy Rottweiler coming up. So I was like, hang on. She sits in the back seat with the dog. And I was like, hang on before I popped out, I wanted to wait because our dog goes ballistic. Right. So anyway, we're sitting in the car for like a second. And then finally, um, we finally get out, we walk all around the park. It's about a 10 minute walk and we get back to the, to the truck and we're in the truck. And as I approach the truck, I'm like hearing some noise and I'm like, Hmm, what's that? And as I get closer, I realize the truck's running. So, I mean, you know, and Mary was like, you know, you really should consider maybe doing something with like your videos and stuff where you actually talk about, um, cannabis addiction, if you want to call it that. And also just the consequences of what it can do to your memory, because, you know, it could have just been that we stopped for a second and it could have been in my truck's pretty quiet and she didn't hear it either, but it was like, I came back and my car's still running. So your memory was going to crap. My memory has, has definitely taken a pounding. (laughs) That's part of the reason too, why I quit. I was like, man, I, my memory is, you know, here's the deal. If it ain't be broke. Here's the deal. If something, I, I, I think, you know, I haven't drank since 2007. I am not a perfect person. I partake in some activities, but you got to know what works for you. And yeah. if that's, no, it worked for me pretty good. And I'm glad I don't, I'm glad I don't drink. Cause that was like, be a really bad thing for me, you know? And I mean, I'll say it. I love smoking weed. I wish I could get away with it. And I wasn't affecting my, you know, my drive. Well, and- we're having Elon Musk on later and he's about ready to, uh, Puffa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say ever see what he did that with Rogan. Yeah, Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Um, okay. So let's get into what we did come to talk about. Okay. Let me give you something real quick. Sure. I brought, I brought you a little gift saying, and, um, and, uh, cause you mentioned several times, you know, why don't you do your fishing rods? So I brought you, um, a WMD customs hoodie. This is an XL. I got a double in there. I think this is going to fit you because it's, it's pretty I'm big. Actually down you to, look good, bro. I'm, I'm down to the larges. Yeah, it's got it on the sleeves too. So I'm anyway. Gonna wear, I'm going to wear it for the rest of the podcast. Go for it, bro. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, for you sure. Very much. Yeah, so you're you, welcome. So you're doing what I, t- what I talked about doing. So I've had, I've had the, this is actually the last one. Um, no. So I started building custom fishing rods around, I would think, 1990. And I still do them like very, very rarely. Nice. Somebody thanks. Somebody will hit me up and say, "Hey, will you build me a swim bait rod or whatever?" I don't like to say no, so I'll do it. But it's not. Let's zoom, let's zoom in on that for him. Yeah, they can. People can check me out at WMD Customs at Instagram. Yeah, if you guys want to follow Jason uh, on his journey, I think it's a, a pretty interesting one. It's actually a very interesting one. He's starting a little bit late, in my opinion, but he's turning into it and. And I, you know, I underestimated Jason a little bit in the beginning, like, and he proved me wrong, even with a book. I don't know if I remember, I gave you a book, the Frederick Eklund book to read. Yeah, that was a good book. Yeah. And I was like, read this book, come back and talk to me. I don't think you want it that bad. And then you did it. You're like, I'm going to show this guy. And you did it. And you're just, you, you're just one of those guys that, um, you know, you just got to be challenged. And once you're challenged, it's like, it's on, you're an expert fisherman. Um, 
Recently, you've been following some of the stuff I've been talking about, and you said, hey, I want to talk about crypto with you because I just don't think you understand it. And and I was hearing you talking to Jason Abrams just in there. I'm like, shit, or I'm like, shoot, I've got my work cut out for me because he actually does understand it. Yeah. And But we're going to get into it because I want you to convince me why I should invest in crypto. But before we, before we do that, if you're not subscribed, if you're not five-star in this video, or if you're not five-star in this podcast, if you're listening to this on the podcast, we're working for you over here. We're bringing in guests that are going to provide you super good knowledge. Do us a big favor. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Follow me on all my socials, Troy Kern's channel on the podcast, just Troy Kern's channel. And definitely, definitely give us a five-star review on this podcast so we can grow it, bring on more guests like Jason that are going to help us educate you so that you can make good investments. And maybe crypto is your thing, and that's why he's on here. It's not my thing. I'm not going to talk about it. So I'm going to bring somebody on you who's going to educate you on it. And if you're trying to find out what Jason's up to, Jason, how can they find you? Um, well, the WMD Customs on Instagram is one of them. And then WMD Customs. What does it stand for? Weapons of Mass Destruction. Weapons of Mass Destruction. Did you get that from Jake Cheney? Uh, <laughs> or George he, Bush? He, I mean, they were talking we about it. never found any, dude. They were talking about it. <laughs> so, so Weapons of Mass Destruction, and those are the rods? Yeah. Okay. So they can find you where? Uh, on Instagram, I have a page there where you can see some of my builds. What about for your real estate and your cryptos? Um, so for real estate, I just have, um, another page, um, buyers LV that's on, um, Instagram, but I don't really post too much. I need to pick that up a little bit. So buyers LV on Instagram. And then you're also on, I have a YouTube channel. What's your YouTube channel? Jason Wheeler, Jason Wheeler, just like you spell wheel, like a Wheeler dealer, Wheeler dealer. So you're a Wheeler dealer. I am. All right. Tell me why I'm wrong on crypto. I mean, you know, I'm not here to convince you. I just think that, you know, for somebody who's... Tell me why somebody should invest in crypto. Let, uh, first of all, why let's... Why should or shouldn't? Hold on. First of all, let's talk about your crypto investments. What have you done with crypto? We talked about this on the phone the other day. Tell us about what you turned into what and how that went, uh, why you did it. Okay. Um, I mean, I can tell you reasons why people shouldn't buy crypto. I think most people are probably Hold on. Gonna... Let's, let's, go, let's go into your... So that they know that you have the expertise to be talking about this. I mean, in, in 2017, when crypto was pitched to me, like literally within five minutes, I was like, oh yeah, I, this totally makes sense. I totally get it. Um, I mean, you know, you're, it doesn't, it make sense. It's 2021. Doesn't it make sense that you're going to be somewhere and you're going to go bump, 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 done. Yeah. You're not going to use it. How old is credit card technology? Well, I'm hundred percent with 50 you, years old. Right. 50 years old well, credit hold on. card technology. So what did you turn into the deal so we can talk about that so we know? So you made, how much money have you made on cryptocurrency? So, um, you know, I usually only talk about that with like friends and family. So I guess the whole world's going to- Has it been that. several hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. Okay. That's all we need to know. And what did you invest to make several hundred so thousand dollars? when I originally bought in, I bought, you know, and this is actually funny. I, I met a dude at a casino with cash in my pocket and did like a transaction and sent it. Where you did, like, did a drug deal at the casino. <laughs> literally, dude. It was hilarious. <laughs> but um, so like the first, my first buy-in was $10,000 and I bought four Bitcoin for 2,500 bucks a piece. Four Bitcoin for 2,500 bucks a piece. Did you keep all those Bitcoin? No. Okay. No, I kept, um, I have about, I think I have four Bitcoin left. And, What's you know, Bitcoin at today? I know you know the you number. You know, it's funny because it's oh. at 66,000. It's funny because 65,900, which is basically 66,000 is like all time high. Mm. And it's funny because I reached out to you like, we were going to do this maybe like three weeks ago, a right. month ago. Yeah. And, and, and you could see the market building and it's getting ready to top out or it looks like it's going to top out here pretty soon. That's why I hit you up and I said, hey, if you want to do this and you want to be relevant, we should hurry up because the market's getting ready to do Yeah, stuff. so that is why we got you on there uh, because not only are you a friend of mine, but I think you you have been pushing the crypto thing. So you invested in crypto and I totally agree with everything you just said. Number one, do I, agree, do I think that crypto is going to be the next thing? Yes, yes, I do. Okay. Why am I not investing in it? Well, I'm going to tell you about that and then you can convince me why I'm wrong. Okay. So first of all, what is your exit strategy for crypto? I mean, I actually plan to probably sell my Bitcoin holdings, hopefully here within the next few weeks, to, if we can hit 
a number that I think, you know, based on some of the, um, some of the chart analysts that I follow, technical analysis, um, I expect Bitcoin to maybe top out somewhere between 70 and 80,000. All right. And but if we get close to that point, I'll probably sell those Bitcoin and be So out. your exit strategy is selling only? No. I mean, I've been holding for a long time. So, so you, I so I bought the first four Bitcoin for ten thousand, right? And I went back like a month later and bought four more. So I bought a total of eight Bitcoin for twenty grand. That was my buy-in. Okay. And then maybe like about a year ago, I got turned on to XRP, which is a cryptocurrency that's um, associated with Ripple Labs, which is the parent company that's in a huge lawsuit right now with the SEC because the SEC wants to start to regulate crypto because this is going to be a thing. Yeah, hundred percent. It's going to be a thing. Yeah, and so. I think I maybe put like 25 grand into um, into an uphold account. And then I bought XRP. I bought XLM, which you is Doge. No, I don't buy, I didn't buy Doge. What's the other one going on? Ethereum? Ethereum. Um, I did buy some Ethereum and I did sell my Ethereum. I don't have any Ethereum holdings right now. But so your exit strategy at my point is there is only one. Only one what? Exit strategy. Well, at this, I mean, I bought it in twenty seventeen. I bought it in twenty seventeen, and I've been holding all this time. But what your only exit strategy is to sell to get out of that deal. You can't rent out crypto. Correct. You can't Airbnb crypto. Right. And if crypto goes to zero, you go to zero. Right. So you're buying an, an intangible asset right. that could go up in value. Yep. That you have seen go down in value. Oh yeah. And that if you understand the time speed of money is holding on to your money and waiting for it to go up is the absolute worst idea in my opinion. Although looking back on things like you're like, God, I wish I would have held onto that house or God, that was, if I would have held onto that sure. stock, I would have done it. But making money, flipping real estate, um, selling things is about turning your money right right and with crypto it's about holding your money and waiting to make the right bet you're making the right bet and i just don't like the fact that you got one dang extra strategy and this is coming from a guy and i look at crypto the same way i look at a stock market right okay here too not like real estate like right you are betting on something happening and i think that there's no a lot of these cryptos. Let me let me ask you something. Could you start your own crypto? Yes. Okay. So I actually wanted to do that with a partner that wasn't into it. Should have done it. Well, I will start my own crypto with you. I would do that because I would I would be a fan of that because I I would control it, and it would be a good one. But I don't. I believe there's a lot of bad actors out there. Sure. Starting their own crypto. Most of them are. Most of them are. Yep. You know how you know. You know how I know it's it's a lot of fake and BS. Mm-hmm. On every one of my TikTok comments, I have to block people because they're trying to push crypto. That like they're fake bots mm-hmm. that are that are trolling and they're yeah. and they're posting and they're like, "Hey, Michael Beatty gave me," and this is obviously not a real name. Michael Beatty is the guy I follow for all my crypto advice. He made me so much money. And you're like, okay, block this person. You go to their thing. Like they're, betting, yeah. like betting gurus. Yeah, similar. Yeah. So I just feel like because of the exit strategies. There's, it's really just a bet and wait. Well, no, there's a lot of people that are day trading it. And and I chose not to do that. The reason why is because. So you could day trade it. I guess that's a, absolutely, but you still got to exit. Absolutely. And, and I don't, every time you do that, you create a taxable event and I got in early enough and I, I can see what's happening for me. I just took the long-term approach of just holding. So what's your and strategy? Most What's your strategy not to pay taxes on that income that you're about ready to make? I mean, there's no avoiding taxes. Yes, there is. You're going to pay it eventually. Uh, no. Okay, well, the government's going to is trying to regulate it and that's why they But right now, you can avoid federal income taxes. You can't avoid all taxes. Don't don't sell it. What? Don't sell it. That's how you avoid it. Just, no, just keep it's not true. It. With real estate, you buy a building or something sure, and you do sure. accelerated depreciation. Right. And then you can defer it. You can't eliminate it but you can't defer it right so all right i'm pro real estate i'm pro flipping i'm pro holding real estate i i look at it as these are two completely different investment modules you know what i mean so and and and, you know you got a lot of money 
you could have easily thrown in 2017 when, when we were telling you about crypto you could have thrown 100 grand at crypto like not even thought about it just been like but i was into crypto in 2013 and i couldn't buy it there wasn't any access gotcha. to it i was trying to buy bitcoin when it was like at the low 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 yeah and i couldn't find anybody to sell it to me because i it was a gamble i do believe yeah. it is a gamble yeah, sure. still but i thought at that point in time it was going to be a good gamble but i've made several gambles that haven't worked out like i still own go go in flight let's take a look at what that's out right now because i have no idea what that is it's a you know the wi-fi in the sky um, like you get wi-fi yeah. in your in your when okay. you're flying yeah well they were like the number one place like when you went on a delta you went on to alaska you went on to everything but southwest it was go 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 okay. go 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 and i'm like oh they're and so i'm getting all the google alerts i'm feeding my brain i'm like this is going to be the next big thing it's go wi-fi in the sky who's not using their phone who what doesn't want access to internet everybody's going to be paying for it and their speed sucked so bad and their prices were so yeah. expensive that it never went anywhere. I'm still, I've sold most of it, but I saw it was, um, I'm not really paying attention to it, which is the terrible thing about the stock market. When you don't pay attention to it, it can crush you. With real estate, if you don't pay attention to it, it's like, whatever, you know? I mean, it's not going to crush There's you. There's not a high amount of volatility in Woo! real estate. I am glad I held on to this thing. In what, fact, what hold we, on real what quick. What are we at? I'm going to tell my, that's crazy. I shouldn't. That's crazy. It went up a lot. Look at that. So for you guys, if you guys want to put, we're going to put the go-go in flight, but it literally was for most of my, my trading time, it's been around like, like four or five bucks. It's now up to 19. I bought it at 17. Then I bought it at 13. Then I bought it at nine. Then I bought it at four. And I've sold most of it, or I haven't sold most of it, but I'm about ready to sell most of it right now. Um, you gonna dump it? I'm gonna dump it all right now because it's the price is right. So I'm glad I just looked at that. <laughs> Thank you. So okay, so you like crypto? Why? You know, to me, it just made sense that this is the direction that money will go into, and this is kind of like what they're calling this is the internet of money. It just makes sense that this is the direction that we're gonna be going in in the future as far as how we're going to spend money, how we're going to transact. And to me, I felt like I was getting in early. You know, there's today we're at an all-time high in market cap for the entire space. And last time I checked, we were at like 2.89 trillion. What's the market cap? 2.89 trillion. That's the total money in the entire space, which is literally like you probably have that much in your bank account. Shut up. <laughs> it's, it's not that much money. Two point what? Two point eight nine trillion. It's yeah. less than three trillion in the whole space. Yeah. Now what's going to happen when a hundred trillion goes in? But hold on, what's it based on? Okay, so I told you I was bullish on XRP. XRP is a cryptocurrency that you can actually use to spend. Like, so Bitcoin. If you read the white paper on Bitcoin, it kind of has already failed to do what it's supposed to do. What's the white paper? The white paper is a, like a five-page, roughly, document that was put out that explains how Bitcoin works and what its purpose is. And it was written by Satoshi Nakamoto, yes. which is not a real person. So he doesn't exist? Probably not. Okay. He's probably somebody else. So who do you think is really controlling Bitcoin? I don't know. It could be... Do you have it, any... Uh, it, it could be the government that created it. You know, or their, their, uh, you know, whoever. Their Do you think it's Elon Musk? No, I don't think so. Do you know that he was the original cryptocurrency guy? Yeah, wasn't he affiliated with PayPal or something? He started it. Yeah, could be, could be. I mean, he's he's that sharp of a guy. I think he's got a chip in his head for sure, hundred percent. He's got a chip. You think he put one in? Well, you know, they're working on a chip, so why wouldn't he have like the original prototype? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, did you know he almost used to be bald? Yeah, I've seen I've seen pictures of him. So, do you think I should get hair plugs? Uh, no, I think you're you do you do good with what you got. I think I'm gonna get them, dude. Well, if you want to get them, get them. I was just thinking about it. The only hate I get on like YouTube is like you're bald, and I'm like I'm gonna take that away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, how long have you been rocking no hair? I've been rocking no hair a long time, but I liked having hair. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I'm how like, much will grow in if you let it grow? I don't know. We're, you I'm just gonna, got the outside. Or I, is think I'm, I think I think I'm gonna like I talked to my wife. I wouldn't got it. I honestly went, I'm not insecure about it at all. I'm actually probably more, it's probably more ego driven right. with me not doing it 
than it is with me doing it because of like, oh, you're going to have to go have like 95,000 conversations, especially if you do it on YouTube or you announce on podcasts that you might do it. But I just figure, you know what? Why not go get the consultation? Why not go see what it's going to look? Everybody looks better with hair. Gen yeah. Yeah, generally. You can afford it, dude. Go for it. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to at least get the con. And I, you know who I brought it up to the first time? Who? Ryan. He's got a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. I, I was sitting at the, at the Raiders game with him and I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. He's like, just do it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Because I, and I brought that up to my buddy, uh, john a long time ago and i was like would you ever like when i got those things this is like 10 years ago when i got when i went and like got the appointment to do the thing i'm like would you ever and he was like of course and then i look at like elon musk and i'm like he looks, he looks good, good he looks really man good. he looks good he yeah. doesn't look good do it, bro yeah that's why i'm uh, yeah I'm, I'm i'm definitely if i'm saying it right now it's it's probably something i'm gonna look into seriously because why not you know i'm trying like i I've been heavy. I'm dropping weight. So Good why day, not? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Good. So like, you know, it's like, why not improve yourself? Why be in your way and say, Oh, I'm just going to be bald for the rest of my life. I'll at least consider it. I don't happen to mind being bald. It's very low maintenance, but having a good head of hair. And here's the funny part. This is, this is the funny part. So I'm looking at my father-in-law and I'm looking at my brother-in-law. They all got full heads of hair, but you know why? Because they got it done a long time ago. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they got it done a long time ago. And a lot of guys... Oh, you know, here's what actually did it for me. I was watching this movie, the new movie with Kevin Costner on Southwest Airlines. I don't remember even what the movie is. But it's like he's this cowboy out in the middle of the woods. And, like, he's saving this lady. And um, anyways, I'm like... His hair looks good. And you remember him on Dances with Wolves? He had little hair or whatever, yeah, that water had, world. long hair. Yeah, but he was like thin, real yeah, thin. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay. All right. I'm not a movie star or anything, but you know, when you see your face on camera, you don't, it's not the camera has 10 pins. You just realized you had 10 more than you realized. Right. You've dropped a ton of weight. Yeah. Where's that you, come from? You, you know, what's funny is I actually, like right now I'm like 72, 172. Yeah. But I was like, literally like a month ago, I was 153, but it was after I got COVID. Uh -huh. So I was walking around about one. I just had it. It sucks, huh? I, yeah, I got down to 187, or 187. I got down to 153, but then, man. No I, appetite, right? Oh, dude, I couldn't eat for 15 days. Literally, the amount of food I ate in 15 days, I, I could eat it in one day. Yeah. So I was walking around. I was really light, but then lately, I've just been eating all this Halloween candy and stuff. But That's what I happened feel, to me. I feel good, same, same thing. Like, uh, the minute I got, I dropped down, I probably didn't eat for like four or five days, like nothing. <laughs> And were you sweating like crazy? Um, no, not too bad. Yeah. So, so not it wasn't bad. that it was, I mean, it, honestly, it wasn't that bad other than just like, you know, whatever, but like not eating. And I'm watching, I was like, that was encouraging. The scale's going down like by light yeah. years. And yeah. then the minute I got off, I was like, I'm ordering every piece of pizza oh, I can I get. I'm, I ate like literally three quarts of ice cream. And then I got, went to New Orleans and that's just an eating fest. And I came back out on the scale and I go, okay, time to go back yeah. to the, the old, uh, the old way. Yeah. So, um, going into crypto a little bit more. So why, so would you say that if you're new in, if you're a new investor, this is the problem I have guys like Graham Stephan, guys like whatever. Who's that? He's a YouTuber. I know who he is. Okay. He's got like 3.5, yeah, 3.6 yeah. million uh, viewers. And it's fine. If you're making $6 million a year, uh, $6 a year doing YouTube, right? you can afford to gamble on crypto. Sure, sure. And if you have money because you flipped houses and you have extra money, yeah. you can afford to gamble on crypto, right. but it is a gamble. Totally. I agree. I agree. Okay. I mean, when I, when I made a $20,000 buy-in, I was kind of like, eh. I lose 20 grand, it's not going to like make or break my life too much. Right. That wasn't, you know, it wasn't a huge investment. But what if you're brand new? I and you're following, yeah. you're following this guy, Graham Stephan. And he's, I don't recommend it for noobs and people that don't have noobs. Discipline. <laughs> noobs. I don't recommend it for people that don't have dis discipline and don't have any knowledge in the space, you know, and right now what the if they got tons of discipline, tons of knowledge, but it's their first investment. I mean, they should be smart and realize that the market's at an all time high and don't buy tops. Okay. But what is the value based on? Like a stock, the value is based on a balance sheet of what the company is worth. You're usually buying debt. You're usually knowing what's going to happen. What is Bitcoin based on? Well, you know, you were just talking about that, that stock that you just dumped. I mean, you bought that because you thought it was a good concept. Correct. Okay. But how much 
income were they, and revenue were they actually going to generate? And, and, and why did that actually seem like a good buy? Why it seemed like a good buy for me is I, I didn't go fully into the financial, so I'll be transparent with you there. But they did, like I said, I subscribed to the Google alert. So any press release, anything that came out before I bought it, right? So before I bought it, before I, I wanted to know every piece of news that was coming out with them. And I so noticed that they were it. buying all their technology. They were buying everybody else's satellites and they were making moves, right? And right. so I saw that the, and they were the leader in the space. And then I looked at the share and I'm like, this is just going to keep rolling. This is, I mean, I don't see Wi-Fi going away. I don't see internet in the sky going away. I see it only getting better. And I thought, just like you, I'm going to buy, that's why I bought the IPO. Yep. I'm going to buy, I mean, I bought that in 2013. So I've been holding on to this thing for quite a while, eight years. And how much, and I put a, originally $100,000 into it. How many times could I have, uh, if I'm doing flips and I do 400% on my flips, like with the money I put in if, based on a loan, how many times could I have turned that $400,000 or that $100,000? Probably a bunch. So that's my whole point is you don't have control. Yeah. I mean, you have less control, but but you actually can transact on some of these, um, whatever you call them, these platforms, you know, like Binance and Coinbase and all those, um, these exchanges. I mean, you, you can sell your crypto and get out of it at any given time. And I mean, there have been a lot of people who've, you know, had some knowledge about what was going on maybe had a little bit of insider knowledge. So it's based on scarcity, right? It's based on scarcity. So like, so, you know, and, and I'm not super bullish on Bitcoin. I just happen to hold Bitcoin. Um, and I'm almost kind of keeping my Bitcoin as a hedge. And I think Bitcoin's probably gonna, you know, it's going to be on its way down and we might have a really long bear market for a while. So I'd, you know, I'm going to be a little bit greedy and hang on to it a little bit longer because I'd like to make a little bit extra money, but I'm going to probably dump my Bitcoin. So you're dumping your Bitcoin. But Are you so going to continue to buy crypto? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not actively buying all the time. I just um, I made a pretty good investment that's that's gone up quite a bit, you know. But even though it's up pretty high right now, I mean, there's been times where the market's way down. And I mean, I've been doing it for so long now that, like, let's say the market is at sixty-five thousand right now for Bitcoin. Let's say I wake up tomorrow morning and it's fifty-eight thousand. I'm just literally like, my look does not change. Like I doesn't do anything to me because when it can go, what if it goes to 30, if it goes to 30, then obviously that was a major crash, you know, but even then I'm not going to sell it at 30. Right. I should have sold it at 50. At 60. That's the whole point. It's a yeah. roller coaster of graphs. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Do you feel like you got more control over when you invest in real estate? Absolutely. How many houses? So let's talk about it. So when you, when you had left my office, you had never flipped a house. Correct. And how many houses have you flipped now? I think we, I did um, eight JVs and then we'd wholesaled a couple and then we probably had like 10 die on the vine. Okay. And so then I have another one actually that we just um, put up on the market yesterday. Okay. So you're getting, you're getting active on yeah. the flipping yeah. and you're, and you're doing that. Are you still selling houses? Yeah. Okay. So you are still selling houses? Still selling houses. All right. How many are you selling a, a year now? Um, probably as many as I was at your, your shop. Well, let's hear that number. I'm kind of trying to go into let's hear like, that number. Then. I'm trying to go into part well, okay, partial retirement. Okay. What was your best year in real estate? Um, we know, you know, I'm not really, a we're not going to talk about money. Just I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not really that money motivated of a person. You know, we know you know that, you know that. but you're money motivated but enough to inspire. I, I know I had my best years at your shop. I, I think I might've done like 18 deals or something, which was pretty good. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I, it's funny, funny story. Somebody that I know in the business, I won't name names, but we got into like a little tiff like a while back right. over some stuff. Right. And then the guy was like, do you know how many real estate transactions I've done? And I'm like, no. And he's like 18. And I'm like, yeah, in three years, like, that's not that great, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I, I mean, anytime they say like, you know how long I've been in the business, I go, I don't care. Time does right. not, time does not right. equal experience. Experience is from transactional. Yeah. So, I mean, and here's the thing too, is we can put a graph up. I can, I can, we could put a little, um, a graphic up. I can send it to you, but I'm sure you've seen them when they make an illustration where it shows the actual, uh, buying power of the dollar since like the early 1910s and what it is now, it's worth something like two or three cents because of the inflation of money, because how many dollars have come in to existence. Right. So, so we all know that the money system is messed up. We all know that my, well, if we don't, if you don't know money's fake, right? Fiat. Yep. Yeah. So 
Does anybody know that the Federal Reserve is not the federal? It's actually run by yeah. private, private bankers. Comp- private bankers. Yeah. Right. So the fact that there's just some random people out there starting Bitcoin is is not that alarming because we have a random company that's tied into our monetary system, which is the Federal Reserve. But the part that's scary is it's so much quicker to take people's money these days because of the internet. Do you know about NFTs? A little bit. I know nothing. Educate our audience. About- I, I, a little bit, very little. Okay. I know I know what they are, um, but I don't really. What know are they? It. It's like a, a digitalized, um, like way that people can like digitalize art and then sell it. Or so let's say let's say like you scroll through a basketball game from last night. You right. like basketball, don't you? Yes, I love basketball. Okay, so you scroll through and there's like this awesome slam dunk shot and like every newscaster st- station plays it well th- that stuff's like out there for anybody to capture and anybody can possess it but let's say somebody takes like just the the specific moment right where the guy's face looks a certain way and he slam dunks it and then they digitalize that and then they it's it's like where only that one item exists so then you can trade that as art almost like a coin and then nobody else can ever have it but to me, it's like, okay, but- Sounds you, like trading baseball cards. I didn't do that well. Yeah. I traded a Ken Griffey Jr. card for like 15 or 20, uh, like uh, Don or us. Remember the rated rookies? Did you trade baseball cards? Yeah, I have some baseball cards. Yeah, I still- I have a I bunch have, of- I, I, have still, a, I still have mine. And I'm just, I have a bunch of baseball cards that I bought at a garage sale in like 20, like 2007 or something. And I still have them. There's baseball, there's football, there's hockey cards in there. Yeah, we ought to just give them to my son and have him sell them all and then split the yeah, profits. That sounds good. Cause, cause I'd I, do it. I'm not like, I haven't looked at my business. Hey, oh. if he'll split the profits with me, I'd actually do it because that's a pretty good deal for me. Yeah, it's a pretty good deal for me too because <laughs> I don't have to do it. Because if I go take it to a baseball card trader, they're going to want to buy him for like 10 cents on the Oh, he's a money motivated kid. If, if he, yeah, yeah like I, he's saving, well, let's do it. Yeah, so um, just remind me because I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> So, but let me just tell you, you know, just a couple basics. So as far as, uh, you know, what makes it actually worth some, some money? Like why is Bitcoin worth anything? Because of the scarcity of, of the coins. So I won't pull it up, but there's something like a total of roughly 21 million Bitcoin that can ever be in existence. These don't things don't actually physically exist. And if you ever see those little Bitcoin coins that they show, those are fake. That's just like something you'd give a friend, but those don't have those don't really mean anything. And so there's only like 21 million Bitcoin. And I'm not trying to plug for Bitcoin, but I'm just saying Bitcoin was like the first one and the main one. So what happens when somebody hits Control-Alt-Delete and just deletes your shares? uh, I don't think somebody can hit Control-Alt-Delete, but you can certainly lose your, your coins. How would you lose them? I mean, so when you go to send Bitcoin to somebody, if you have one key or digit wrong in the address that you send it to, it would be like sending somebody an email where you messed up one letter of the email and it didn't go to them mm-hmm. and it would kind of go into oblivion. And they actually say a lot of the Bitcoin is actually, that's actually happened where a lot of it has been, has, has kind of gone into the black hole. But, but my point is, is this, there's only- How do you get it back? You probably don't. You probably don't, which makes it more scarce. Well, there's another exit strategy for you. you know, <laughs> yeah, send it to the but, wrong you know, person. It's, it's people's own fault for getting into stuff that they don't have any idea about. Or they just Pe- hit the wrong key. People, said, well, don't know. hit the wrong key then. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, you're going to send 20 grand and go, go to the wrong address. You might want to quadruple check it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So, But there's only about 16 million Bitcoin um, that have already been mined. And there's a mining process whereby they're made when different computers um, confirm the transactions and whatnot. But you've only got the money, that all of the trillions of dollars that have gone into Bitcoin, you've only got that divided by like 16 million coins, which is a really small number. Right. You know, whereas what do we have in US dollars? 30 trillion just in debt? Okay, how much more, how many more US dollars are there in existence? Quadrillions? Well, I'm not investing in dollars. No, I realize that. Yeah. I realize that. But Or but, yen or crypto or any of the uh, any of the speculation. But all your wealth is is mostly in dollars or in real estate. No, it's not. It's in whatever uh, payment. I don't keep a lot of cash. I understand. I understand. But I'm just saying. So like, whether we're trading rubles or whether we go to Bitcoin or whether we go to whatever, I'm buying assets that people need to live in and pay me with whatever sort of monetary. Because they had, the, they had a, you know, this is not the first time. You know, that how long has the U.S. dollar been around? I don't know. 1907, I believe. We could check it right now. Okay. We got Google, right? Do it. Google, how long has the U.S. dollar been around? 
Since the founding of the Federal Reserve System in 1913, that's how long ago the U.S. dollar has been around. So let me ask you something. It's only 108 years old. Did you know that? Yep. So what was before then? Gold coins. Nope. Silver coins. Nope. Salt. Nope. Clams. Beaver pelt. No, no. There was something <laughs> else. The whole point, they had Confederates. Right. They had uh, leak. I don't know. They had a bunch. It'll of always change, and crypto is going to be the new. Right. But here's the problem. But, it, but you know who's you know when it's not going to do well? Or you know when it's going to do well? When the U.S. government controls it. And they are not going they're to. They're in the process of it. They're trying to regulate XRP right now. Their SEC is, is calling it a security, and they're in a lawsuit right now with XR, with Ripple. Oh, did they regulate the U.S. dollar? Who? The U.S. government. Yeah. What's it tied to? Nothing. OPEC. That's the only reason it has value. Okay. In 1971, uh, I believe that's the date, Nixon took us off the gold standard. Okay, I remember that. Okay, he took us off the gold standard. And the only reason that the U.S. dollar is still the active dollar is because it's typed in there with OPEC that that's how OPEC is traded. That's mm -hmm. why the U.S. dollar still holds weight. So if crypto gets tied in with the oil or whatever is going to be next, green energy, green that. But I'm not convinced, Jason. You don't have me convinced to buy crypto. <laughs> hey, I told you I wasn't going to try to convince you. Convince? I, I, think, I think if you would have made an investment when, when some of the guys in your shop did in 2017 and you would have invested in the right stuff, you would have made a ton of money. And along the way, there's been peaks and valleys where, I mean, I think Ethereum was down to like during the COVID thing, Ethereum got down what's, to like What's your bucks. cash flow on your crypto every month? Uh, it's not a cash flowing asset. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I think I'm that just kidding. I, you know, <laughs> you, you know, I'm a real estate guy and a flipper. I think if people want to get into a good investment, I, I think obviously, you know, real estate's a good one. It's it's obviously easy. Hold on, I got you and one. I aren't rocket scientists, and Dude, we're doing pretty one point eight GPA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're one of the you're one of the wealthiest guys that I know. You're one of the most successful guys that I know. Would you consider yourself to be a really really sharp smart guy? No. Okay. And then, I mean, look at all the people that are just whatever. Why do you think the same way? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I'm a rocket scientist. You know, but, no, but you're technically saying I'm not either. <laughs> most of the people that you know that are the most successful, they're more like, you know, go-getters and risk takers. Well, I would just they say, outside the I would box. say there's a lot of people super, super duper smarter than me. I do not claim to be smart, but my best credit is I take action. Right. And, and I take action. And I make mistakes and I keep taking action and I make mistakes and yep. I keep taking action. Yep. So I'm not convinced of crypto. It doesn't have cash flow. You got one extra strategy. You can sell it. If it goes up, if it goes down, you're probably going to hold on to it, hoping it's going to go up again. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're going to get greedy, hoping it goes up more than what you already have. Right. So you're going to hold on to it some more. Yep. And while I'm turning my money, flipping houses, buying houses, getting passive income, uh, you know, deferring my taxes, you're watching a graph. That's why I'm not convinced of crypto. Yep. And it's probably I, not for you. It's probably not. It is for me. If I have an extra bunch of money that I don't care about and I feel like, hey, you know what? We're starting our own crypto here and I'm going to regulate it and it's tied to the real estate that I buy and it's tied to something that people could say. Because I think that's how you get out there and you do it. You have to tie it to something. Sure. If there's no weight, like when the when when we were taken off the gold standard in 1971 by Nixon, that's what's lost confidence in the U.S. economy. And then the other thing that lost confidence in the U.S. economy and the reason that the stock market just propped up, you know why? Stocks went down to nothing. You know what propped them up? Tell me. The 401k, when Congress passed the 401k uh, act or whatever it is, the 401k bill, it made employers invest in the stock market. Therefore, employees put their money in the stock market. That's what propped up the stock market. Okay. Yeah. So follow the money, but you know, okay, this is something I meant to bring up to, um, or maybe I did. I had Michelle Fiore on here early. She's running for governor. Yeah. But I said, do you realize that in Nevada, you know how much land is owned by the citizens of Nevada? 10%. Mm -mm. You know how much in Texas is owned by the, them? 93%. Mm -mm. Wow. It's all BLM out here, right? Right. Because the federal government controls it, owns it, and it's not giving up that control yeah. or ownership. So that's why Texas has so much power in a race. So my whole point is if you're gambling... And you want to gamble and you want to invest and you want to make money. 
make a gamble by betting on yourself to find a good deal in real estate. If you want to take some of that money that you make in real estate, because you can actually predict that result, would you agree? Sure. You can predict your result in real estate. Yeah. You can just screw it up. Right. It's usually not in the market in real estate that screws you up. It's usually you or the person you hired. Yeah. Pay too much. Or you paid too much or you miscalculated something. Yep. But it's you have no control over what happens with crypto. Would you agree? Do you have any control other than selling? Uh, I mean, you can you can understand what the actual coins do. But see, here's the thing. Yeah. Some of the coins actually are spendable. Like that's the reason why I like XRP. But you can't control if it goes up or down. That's that's true. That's my whole point. You might be able to control what you do, yeah. but you can't control what it goes up or down. You can't control whether it goes up or down in real estate either. But you control how much you rent it for. You can control if you Airbnb it. True. You control if you can turn it into like a a housing place where you can make more money that you would normally get for rent. You could, you know, turn it into a rehabilitation house or a senior living house or all sorts of other things. Sure. But with crypto, you got one exit strategy. But let me, let me ask you this. So what, what's the, uh, what's the average sales price of a house after you flip it these days, just a cookie cutter house? Me, I don't have an average. It would be so across the board. I you know, could... for an entry level, three bedroom, Two bathroom house. In Kansas right now. City? No, in Vegas, let's just say. Oh, in Vegas? Um, Maybe 300000 right now? No, it's higher than that. 340 right now. Okay, 340 What yeah. was that house worth, let's say, in 2017 when I bought my crypto? Or or in, in, in 2010? Oh, when I, know where you're, I know where you're going. You're going to lose this argument. Go ahead. Okay, so do, can you leverage crypto? No. Can Actually, you, you can. You can buy on margin, but I don't recommend <laughs> that. Okay. So, so. My point is, is it's it's basically what about doubled in value? Okay, and okay. now and crypto's gone up by like. Let's take that argument. Go ahead. Crypto's gone up by like how many? Some cases, thousands, hundreds of thousands of percent. Like I can't even do the math because I'm not that smart. I'm kind of like you. But when you take a big number like that, sixty thousand, <laughs> and you and, and you multiply it by like a a. a a decimal point zero 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 zero. I'm pretty sure you add those zeros on the back of how many times it's gone up. Right. So literally tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands percent gains were, were possible. Where'd you get the 20 to put into the crypto? Probably from my real estate job. <laughs> definitely from the real estate yeah. job. So, you know, I definitely think, I mean, I'm flipping houses and I'm doing real estate for a reason because that's where you want to be. And that's where I, literally everybody's going. But, you know, if, if you, if you, if you want to try to make like a good gamble, yeah, I mean, I think crypto is a good gamble for sure. Have you learned a lot from working with Ryan? Uh, yeah. What have you learned? You know, one of the biggest things that I learned from Ryan was, um, you know, stop doing every single thing, especially things that you don't like to do. Like, in other words, if, if there's aspects of your job that you don't like, you know, maybe find other people that you can collaborate with that like those aspects of the job. And so each person can work on their strong points. And so, you know, I've kind of become more of a collaborator. And that was one of the best things that I really learned that, that helped serve me, you know, in business. Right. Trying to, versus trying to do everything yourself. Yeah. Just trying to do everything myself because it's just, it's too hard to do everything by yourself. You get burnt out. Yeah. You definitely get burnt out. Right. You know. So if you're going to give people advice that are new, like our audience is between the ages of 17 to 40 years old skewing male we obviously have some females but we're you know we skewed 20 percent skewed 20 percent male and eight or sorry 20 percent female 80 percent male what advice would you give to a new investor besides subscribing to the troy kearns channel on youtube instagram social giving this podcast because you're on it a five-star review what other advice would you give them you know i you know i'm gonna I don't want your head to explode, but I would, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty big already, <laughs> but, but it ain't big, dude. it's just big in actual form. <laughs> don't get self-conscious. No. no, but, but you know, I mean, you kind of started the social media game kind of late compared to some other people 100%. in the same field. I, I said, I swore it off. In fact, my first YouTube video was in 2010. Yeah. And then you went on a little hiatus. Yeah. Just, 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 just a little bit. No, but, but you know, having worked with you in the past and actually, you know, being an insider there for a while and knowing what you've done and seeing the numbers and the volume, I would tell people that are watching your channel, just because you don't have, you know, the huge following, which I know you will have, it's just a matter of time for you because you won't stop. Right. And it's about having that content out there 
and, and it, it explodes, it goes parabolic. But yeah, people should definitely pay close attention to what you're doing because if they actually really want to learn about real estate, you're one of the key guys that can teach them and it's not fluff, it's not fake. There's a lot of fluff and fake out there. I appreciate you saying that. That's actually one of the inspirations for me because when I saw Ryan start putting his stuff out there at first, I was hating on him. I, like, you know, I was like, why is he putting his checks? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? And then finally I just reached out to him and I was like, man, I'm a, I got to pick your brain. You're not dumb. I know you're a smart guy. And he told me, and he's like, he gave me like the whole formula. And I was like, I'm like, you know, one of my goals, we're just talked about the stock market was to build a company and take it public. And I felt like the best way to show people that I'm able to do that, to get the people to come to me versus me walking in with my briefcase and giving presentations mm -hmm. on PowerPoint and trying to set appointments is to grow my social media presence, to let people, to build my personal brand and let them know, yeah. like, I'm not, you, I mean, you've seen You me. have to do it now. Yeah, I mean, this is where everybody's at. Yeah, so I, you know, that was just, you know, I got tagged in some, I had just started dating my wife, you know, and I got tagged in one of like a picture next to a girl or something like that. She wasn't even like giving me a hard time, but it just, there's all those tagging of people at that point in time that like, you know, when Facebook mm -hmm. first started with the tagging and yeah. you get tagging this, tagged in that, tagged in this. Yeah. And I was just like, you know what? And then I think they had done something where they were like, you know what? We're going to go into your phone and suck out all your information. And I was like, man, they are just getting too invasive. And I still think they it's are. Bad. It's bad. I still think Let's they are. It. But you know what? Until I am in a position to, where I can change some of that, like we're, until I'm <laughs> like we can vote the right person in or we can, you know, make enough noise to get them to change that. Cause I do feel like, you know, we are getting all of our information sucked out. They are have too much control over what we see and what we see. I think it should be private. Uh, maybe we'll start a ghost internet, me and you, there's plenty of those out there, but I mean, really social is no choice. If you're trying, if, so that's what you're saying is get involved in social and get involved in watching my social right now. Yeah, I mean, you probably should. I, I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm I'm trying to get away from it a little bit because it's it's very invasive, it's very addicting. Um, I mean, it just it's it's the time that we're in though. You know, people are going to be on social. They're going to be on Facebook. They're going to be on YouTube. Especially when you're trying to learn it, because I'll tell you right now, I am definitely addicted, and it's not because of anything other than I'm in growth mode right now. Yeah. So I'm like watching all the time, like yeah. how fast I'm doing, and I'm and I'm trying to make sure I respond to everybody's comment right yeah. now because I know engagement is huge. So I am personally doing all of that myself right now. Yeah. even though I should hire that out eventually, but I want to learn the process so that I have it down. So wrapping it up with you, what is the best piece of advice that you can give someone besides following my channel? We said that what, like what would be your go-to advice? I mean, it just depends on what a person wants in life is, but as far as, uh, you know, as far as wealth, I would say, well, they're listening to this channel yeah, for money. Right. Um, and I would say, Every single YouTube channel and wannabe and guru and fake and hack out there will all give you all that stuff. But, you know, don't lose sight of the fact that our greatest wealth is probably our health and our happiness. And that's something that people aren't touching on. You know what I mean? I'm a little bit like jaded and not jaded, but just it's just frustrating all the fakeness on social media. And, um, you know, that's why I've told you, I'm not a huge money hungry person. I mean, I've, I've been pretty successful and it's not about just how much you make, it's how much you keep. And what I've always found is that, um, you know, the money doesn't make me happy. So people should pursue wealth and you got to have money and you want to be able to support your family and support your kids and leave a legacy if you can, but don't lose sight of the fact that there's more to life than just money, a dollar that's worth two cents that they're printing quadrillions of them, you know? Right. So I would say, it, you know, for me, that's what I would want to make sure people focus on is don't, don't just think that you're going to get wealthy and then your life's going to be amazing because there's more to life than money. That's a great piece of advice. I'm glad that you said it because I think that you're the perfect, perfect person to say that because I do believe that comes from your heart. And the fact that you just said those exact words, you know, we both just said we were sick and everything like that. And when I was sick, I felt like, you know, man, when you're sick, you're helpless. Yeah. And, you know, you realize that, yeah, you're the most important people is your family and the most important people and the most important thing after that is your health. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great advice. The best way to take care of yourself health wise is exercise, exercise and nutrition and education, yep. educating yourself and 
having the money to buy the right type of food. Sure. Absolutely. Right. We just stopped by Whole Foods, got some kombucha this morning. Little gut, a little bit, a little bit. You know what kombucha is? Kombucha. Why are you trying to make me look stupid? No, I'm just kidding. Mean, I just messed it. Did I say it wrong? Kombucha? Whatever. I, I bought what it. it. I know what it is. Kombucha. I love that stuff. I drink it all the time. I probably say it wrong all the time. Eat green vegetables. Yep. Eat your greens. Eat your greens. Eat your greens. All right, guys. Um, it was a pleasure having you here, man. Thanks I'm glad you stopped Appreciate by. It. Uh, it was a cool conversation. Yeah. If, if you're if you're trying to get into if you're trying to get into real estate, follow Jason at. Uh, you can follow me on my YouTube channel. It's just Jason Wheeler. Jason Wheeler. And definitely give us a five-star rating on this podcast. Share this podcast with a friend. Go watch the podcast. How do you on- give a five-star rating? You just hit five stars on the rating. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So just go to the podcast, do a five-star, download it, listen to it. If you actually want to watch it on YouTube, we actually have a channel for all of our podcasts as well. If you want to have us have Jason back, let us know in the comments and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.